Good afternoon, guys. Welcome to another episode of In a Nick of Time podcast. I am Nikki. Time is something we shouldn't waste, so I want to get into it. I hope you all had a great week. Uh, If you didn't, I hope that your next week be a little bit better than this one after listening to something encouraging. Let's pray before we get into this. Uh, Like I said, I hope you all had a great week. So let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for another day, another beautiful, blessed day. I thank you, Lord, that you are patient with all of us. Everything that's going on in the world, you you still sit high and look low. You are waiting on those of us who have not trusted in your word to come back to your word, to come back to our first source of love, to come back to somebody we can truly trust. Your arms are wide open, ready to take us in your bosom and love on us in a way that only you can love on us. Lord, I pray for our leaders, our president, that he will turn back to you, Lord. No matter what we try to do, who we vote for, if they're not following you, Lord, we shouldn't follow them. And I pray that that's something that we will take into account when we're voting for these leaders and these public officials, that no matter what, if they're not following you, it doesn't matter what they say or what they do. Lord, you are all that we need. You are our hope. You are the Alpha and Omega. And dear Lord, I pray that this podcast will encourage somebody today. Lord, speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, guys, last week I was supposed to be talking about mental health. I ended up finding, looking at Matthew 4 and just looking at how you can break it down and how you can apply it to your life. Uh, First off, I want to start by saying this. Yes, I use God's word in my podcast. This is an inspirational podcast, a, a Christian podcast, but I'm not preaching. I want to bring the word of truth just to let everyone know that no matter what we go through, God has our back. Now, with that being said, I asked the question last week, why is mental health such a touchy subject? And does it mean that you're crazy and I think that's the the negative connotation that's tied to that subject you know if you are mentally ill you're crazy and why are you mentally ill well I'm no psychiatrist but I am a believer I am a believer And I know that 
no matter what. Like I said last week, I'm no psychiatrist, but I am a believer. And no matter what we go through, God can see us through and he he can understand what we go through. And I, I hit on that last week when I uh, talked about Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. And let me reiterate that to us. When we when we believe in our hearts that God doesn't understand. He doesn't know what we go through. It's no way that he can understand. He's not uh, dealing with what we deal with. But he put it, but it was put in his words this way. This is what God's word says in Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. It said, since we, God's children, are human beings made of flesh and blood, he became flesh and blood to by being born in human form, for only as a human being could he die. And in dying, break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in that way could he deliver those who through fear of death have been lying, living at their living all their lives as slaves to constant dread. We all know he did not come as an angel, but as a human being, yes, a Jew. And it was necessary for Jesus to be like us, his brothers, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God, a priest who would be both merciful to us and faithful to God in dealing with the sins of the people. For since he himself has now been through Suffering and temptation. He knows what it is like when we suffer and are tempted. And he is wonderfully able to help us. So, that's uh, when I hit, you know, all the points in Matthew's chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And, and just to reiterate that. Um, the things that the devil did to try to uh, bring Jesus onto his side, you know, telling him to uh, turn the stone into bread, telling him to jump off a building, jump off the highest point, uh, offering him all the kingdoms of the world. So, it's, it's no way we should be able to say that Jesus does, does not understand the problems and the issues that we go through because he dealt with those same issues, you know. So, with all of that being said, I know you ask the questions like, you know, Nikki, come on, you know, how can... An entity that we don't see, understand what we're going through. Even though you just heard Hebrews uh, 2, 14 through 18. He still can't understand because he still didn't go through what we go through on a daily basis. There's no way. My bills are behind. What does he know about that? 
And those are the questions that we have. You know, why me? Why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with this? If it's such, if he's such an awesome God, why does he allow things to happen? Now we talk about you talk about your bills being behind. Well, let's be a little bit honest about you know how we as people pay our bills. Let's be honest. You know, we make bills, but when it's time to pay them, you know. We, we made too many. So our expenses exceed our income. You know, if, you, if you're not a millionaire, you don't continue to make bills and add more things you have to pay out than the money you have coming in. And <clears throat> that's, a, that's like financial literacy 101. You know, we, and we do it all the time. We our expenses far exceed what we bring in, you know. So he doesn't understand, but he does. Because the one important thing that we have to learn, and I'm talking about me as well, because I want my listeners to understand when I'm speaking, this is a work that I'm doing, you know, as well, not just me you know, trying to tell people how they should do things and how they should live. I think it's important that we know that God is has set and given us the blueprint to how we should live. So it's no way we should be able to say he does not understand. Because if he didn't understand, he would have never put it in his book to let us know, you know, uh, what to do in in certain instances? I can give you a prime example. Okay, we talk about women and uh, sexual harassment, and some men may experience sexual harassment on the job as well. Well, <clears throat> our thing is we want to see, we want to, we want to see or hear the word sexual harassment to understand that. This is how he said deal with it. But I just want to, now I was talking about paying bills. I'll get back to that. But I just want to give you like some knowledge on how God has put everything in his word to show us how to deal with it. You know. And, and, and we may say, oh, it's not that easy, it's not that simple, but it is that simple, okay? Now, Joseph had been taken down to Potiphar, I mean, to Egypt and Potiphar. An officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him, then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had 
he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie, he, he, heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to, to me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. And she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. Okay. Now, you may say, what what was good good about that? He got taken. He got sent to prison. But. It was in God's plan because God was with him while he was in prison as well. But he did not fight. He did not get angry. He did not try to prove her to be a liar. He did not try to stay there because sometimes we want to stay 
and we want to keep things that maybe even God does not want us to have anymore. So he didn't fight. He didn't say she's lying. He left his garment. She used that as her proof that he did what she said he did. But with her having that proof and him being sent to prison, she still didn't win. You know, I won't read the total story, but I would love for you all to go read Genesis 38 through 42. Because when he went to prison, I can give you the short story. When he went to prison, he helped two other fellow prisoners uh, by interpreting their dreams. And then Pharaoh wanted someone to interpret his dreams and one of his prison mates brought him to Pharaoh he ended up being king in Pharaoh's kingdom and he was placed there because when the famine came on across the land that where his family was he was able to bring his family where he was and take care of them feed them uh while the famine was going on. So every opportunity that Joseph had, he took advantage of it to do good and to do right. Even though everybody meant something for his uh meant something for for his bad. You know, they wanted bad things to happen to him. It started with his brothers. They were jealous because he was his father's favorite son. And they sold him to their enemy. Then the Ishmaelites sold him to Potiphar. Then Potiphar's wife uh, lied on him. And then Potiphar sent him to prison. The prisoner, he interpreted Pharaoh's dream and became king. And he saved his people from the famine that they were dealing with. I'm saying all this because you can't tell me God don't understand that there's not proof in his word that we can handle things when we trust him, when we count on him, when we go through things with him. Our mental breakdown is, to me, is simply We got to let God have control. We can't put the confusion of, I go to church, I hear my pastor, and that's enough for me. And then we go out to this world and we deal with sheeps. I mean, we deal with wolves and with sheeps, like being sent to slaughter. Because on Sunday, we hear the word, our pastor preaches a good word, and then Monday, we're out there with those wolves. And they're attacking from every angle, from every angle. And you have to know how to deal with those things. Because I was having a conversation with a guy at work one day, and he said, sometimes you have to explain yourself or you or even when somebody's lying on you you have to speak up and I think the Bible shows all the time 
Joseph did not speak up against what Potiphar's wife was saying. It, he never said, hey, she's lying. But you know what? He, he ran from sin. And, and, he, and you know why he took it? Because had he stayed there, had he proved her to be a liar, or had Potiphar not sent him away, who's to say later on, and as time went on, he wouldn't have lied with her? So that had to happen. Her, her taking his garment and lying on him, that had to happen. See, we, we may look at that and like, that was messed up. She lied, he got sent to prison. But it, it had to happen. Because had he just continued to try to fight her off, we don't know what would have eventually happened. We don't know if he would have succumbed to temptation. We don't know if she would have told a worse lie. We, we don't know. We don't know. So... Because of, because she could have told a worse lie, and then Potiphar would have decided that Joseph deserved death. So we have to know that God understands the things that we go through. We He understands that we're out here amongst wolves, and that the devil wants as many souls as possible to go with him where he's going. And we have to understand that when you when you when you walk away from your first love, you're gonna find many people and many things that you try to put in place to compensate for your first love. But they're all in comparison, they will never add up. Now, my bills are behind. God has something for that too. <clears throat> Philippians 4.19 And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Simple. But notice the key word in there. He didn't say I'll supply every want, every material blessing. You know, every. he said he would supply every need. Every need. So that means if you have a roof over your head, you have food to eat, you have clothes on your back, then maybe our bill problems is something that we bring upon ourselves. Because if, if, if you're constantly accumulating bills, but your pay is not rising, or you're not going out making sure you have many different sources of income, what difference does it make that you have, a, have one job, but your expenses, like I said, far exceed what you bring in? Because God is supplying your need. You have a roof over your head. You have food to eat. You have air when it's hot. You have heat when it's cold. Uh, those are your bare necessities. Your bare necessities are being taken care of, and that's because of him. You have a job. You have a car to get you to your job. All of those are 
the needs that God supplies. Anything else like your credit card bills, uh, your cell phone bills, uh, if those things are higher than they should be, then that's not on God to, to take away that pain. It's on you to ask God what wisdom can he give you to help you navigate this thing better and do better and become better stewards of your money. Because it says in Philippians 4.19, he will supply every need of yours. Every need. So if he's already doing that, you can't say that because your bills are behind that he doesn't love you. Our bills are behind because we, 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 we didn't pay them on time. We didn't have the money because our expenses at far, you know, they exceed our income. Now you might say, Nick, I've heard all of this before. Okay, I've we've we've thought about we've heard this all before. He'll supply all your needs. He'll he'll do whatever you need him to do. You know, but he hasn't done it because I'm struggling, I'm oppressed, I'm in poverty. Okay, have we ever thought about what part we play? Like I like the things I just mentioned. When we decide to make a bill, like I said, and it's proof, it's proof in his word about that. Like I said, when we make bills. When we make bills, it is our duty to pay those bills. Now, when we can't pay those bills, that's not because of a lack of love that God has for us or him wanting to see us suffer for something we've done wrong. It's just we have to trust him. We have to do what he says because in Romans 13, 7 and 8, it says pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another another has fulfilled the law. So the end, the, 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 the second portion of it, the latter part of that verse it says, owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. So your bills are behind. He'll supply your needs. He tells you pay what's owed to who is owed to. And notice what he said at the, before he said, owe no one anything. He said, honor to whom honor is owed. So with all that, with all of that, that means if we honor God, then guess what? We'll owe no one nothing because we'll love, we'll have love, and that's all we owe each other. That's the only thing we should owe. We should not, we shouldn't owe someone money and don't and don't want to pay them back. And then we we say this is my struggle. And God is not helping me with this struggle. He's supplying our needs. 
but we're not we're not understanding that we we play a major role in what happens to us. God is so good. That's where our mental breakdown comes in. We 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 straddle the fence so much. It's so much confusion information out here. It's so many if you go on many different platforms, you got so many people who's this God that does this and can do this and you know, he he, he he look at what's going on in the world. Look at the pandemic. All of those things. Look at uh the gun violence that's going on, the police brutality. Yes, we can look at all those things. And yes, those things can do something to your mental. But let's go back. We're talking about being behind on your bills, being in poverty. Those are, God will supply every need. Every need. I'm not saying it's not it's something wrong with having nice things, but when you Sorry. can't when you can't buy nice things, it does not mean that God is not with you. It does not mean that you can't live a blessed and happy life. It does not mean that your life is not worth anything. Because it, it said, gives, give honor to those who honor is old. We are royalty, and we have to carry ourselves as such. He tells us that in his word. He tells us that in his word. So we owe each other love and respect and honor. So guys, that's my time, but... I want to get into my segment, the no cap spill, and I talked a little bit about paying your bills and uh, what God says about that, but <clears throat> let me get into my no cap spill. Oh, man. I know this is probably going to... Uh, Woo! I don't know. I I didn't. I'm not gonna say I struggle with bringing this in this segment. Uh, I just got through talking about something like you know poverty and paying your bills, and I didn't segue into this, <laughs> but. I can say, uh, I can say this before I really get into it. I think that all the things that I just spoke of, all of those things that I talked about, the pandemic, uh, being in poverty, feeling oppressed, um, I think a lot of it has something to do with, has a lot to do with. I'm not going to even say I think. I'm, I'm going to say reading God's word, studying God's word, I know that this topic is, is, a, is one part of, one variable that shows us, 
shows our disobedience towards God. And it's part of why he's trying so to get our attention. But he's not going to force himself on us. He wants us to get it because we love him. Because he first loved us. So, with that being said, I want to talk a little bit in my no cap spiel about marriage versus cohabitation. Now, I don't like statistics. I like to, when I speak of things, I want to come from truth. You know, I looked up, did some research so that when I brought this, I wouldn't be speaking all over the place. And the one thing I came up with, no matter what, in my research, the first thing I say about marriage versus cohabitation, God is a forever God. He does not deal with just for the moment type relationships. And that's why he's given us ample time and and he's patient with us and long suffering because he deals with forever. He deals with eternity. So he's he's he doesn't want any of us to perish. So he's patient with us. He wants us all to get it. He wants us all to come to some understanding. Now I'm talking I'm now this is the no caps bill, so I'm gonna get, I'm gonna talk in some terms that you can all understand. Think about the apps on your phone; they are slow and nerve-wracking when you have a when you have a weak internet connection. Mm. So think about relationships with a weak connection; they will slow down and lose their luster as well. Because like I said, think about your computer. Think about the apps on your computer, on your tablet, on your iPad, whatever. When the internet connection is slow and it's weak, your apps, your computer, it's slow. You You can't navigate those apps in your internet, your your Google uh, browser. You can't navigate your internet space with fluidity and and you know and ease because it's slow and it's freezing up and it's doing all types of nerve-wracking things so what do you think happens when you have a, a relationship that doesn't have any connection and commitment to it What do you think happens when you decide to allow a man to tell you it's okay, you know, we doing it, we all a piece of paper don't mean anything. I beg to differ. Now I want I did my research cuz I wanted to uh give you some information about you know why you should get married versus cohabitating with somebody. But I, I want to stay on the, the point of 
the connection and the fact that a relationship that's not God-centered, it doesn't grow. It doesn't blossom into anything. And then years go by. Years go by. Like I said, think about your internet connection. Or think about going on your favorite web shopping website, making a purchase, and checking your account, and all of your money is gone. Because that shopping website has went into your account and taken all of your money. It's taken, it, you know, it's never done it before, but eventually it's, it, it, it goes in there and takes too much money, and it takes all of your money. So a relationship with no foundation is bound to take several years of your life that you cannot get back. So when 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 we're saying it's wrong, look up look at it in that sense. Like I said, think about you you going on your favorite website, shopping. And you click the buttons and you like, oh, I got my my new this coming. Whatever it is, new pair of shoes coming. I just about ordered me a new pair of shoes and ordered me a new dress. And you look in your account. And it's and, and it says zero balance. And you look at at, at at everything that came out. And that shopping website made a mistake and, and took all your money. So think about the years that a woman or a man can take from your life when it's no connection and you're not committed to each other. You're not committed to forever. You're not committed to eternity with this person. So ask yourself, are you creating soul ties with the person you can trust and connect with on a level that is more than just physical. So guys, that's my time. I love you guys. Tune in every Saturday. I will be doing my podcast in the nick of time. God may not be there when you want him, but he'll be there in the nick of time. Let's reprogram our thinking. Let's get back to love. Let's live life and not lifestyle. I love you guys again, and also know this most importantly, God loves you. Thanks for listening. Peace.